0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Year No Beer podcast. Today I'm in a recording studio. Um, I've actually been here recording some meditations for our Control Your Drinking programs. Um, Ever since I did my MBSR, uh, I've really deepened my practice of meditation and I've also really enjoyed creating meditations. Uh, We started looking into some of the science a little bit deeper for this, just to see, like, Okay, so I understand from my own personal experience that meditation really changed everything for me. But what does the science say out there? So today I want to jump into a little bit of that science. I want to look at some of the benefits of meditation. I want to talk about what your experience is for many of you who have maybe tried meditation, but say you can't do it, or you've struggled, or your brain just won't switch off. We'll come up with some really easy tools and tips for you to use to change your mindset around that, help you create a practice for meditation because of the benefits that you'll see in this podcast. And then finally, I'm going to tune into one of the amazing, (laughs) I think they're really, really powerful meditations that we've been recording. So I guess if you're going to listen to this podcast, enjoy it for a little bit now I'm going to speak for a little while, but then we're going to get into our meditation. So it's probably better for you to listen to this somewhere where you can meditate as we get ourselves set up for a powerful meditation. But by all means, have a listen to the first bit now, and then come back to a bit later. So what was my own journey of meditation? Well, funnily enough, way back in 2013, I was still an oil broker in London. I was commuting via Tube. I was in a very very stressful job, I was drinking regularly, there was quite a lot of pain, mental pain, Uh, there was quite a lot of physical pain, I just wasn't in a good place. I don't mean from drinking alcohol, I just mean like being overweight and not exercising. And ultimately I was living my life all wrong for me, and I think alcohol helped me continue doing that for a long time. And I got introduced to this thing called Headspace back in 2013. And back then in 2013, it was Andy Puddicombe himself in all the videos. And I remember pressing play on this app one day and finding this sort of space, this calm. Of course it wasn't instantly calm, don't be silly. I mean, I have one of those incredibly intense brains that barely lets up for me most days. And it certainly had ruled the root, ruled the roost rather, in my brain for my entire life. The noise throughout my life was incessant. And so I decided to start practicing it. And there was this perfect opportunity because the train home and the train to work was sort of 15 minutes long, sometimes much longer. But I could get myself on the train, hopefully find a seat, and then just press play, and listen. Now, this could be the Scotsman in me, because I was so tight. (laughs) But I actually just used the free, ten part. And most of that in the original headspace back then was just body scan. The body scan was interesting because it was so simple. I could sort of find my way around the body. I could, you know, I could feel my fingers. I could put my mind to where my fingers are, which you probably are right now and you know as you get more practice I could feel my ears or my eyes I could feel the tension in my face so it became something to focus on Um, if you're like me and you have ADHD then we got to focus on something (laughs) or rather be very distracted by something often so I practiced and I practiced and I, I just kept putting it on and that's where I got this awareness. I got this awareness of, you know, I think you're living wrong. And that's a big pill to swallow. You know, this, this job you have, it's, it's not doing you any good. Your marriage is not in a good place. You're not being a good dad. You are drinking, and it's not helping you. You're not exercising properly. You know, all of these things... And I guess I couldn't hear them before. Not that I couldn't hear them, but I wasn't listening. It was much easier for me to just go to the pub and have another pint. And in that, pack down the noise. Gosh, that's what we've all been taught, right? Feel emotion, pack it away. Feeling problems, just stuff it all down stuff it down with cake or pints or wine. So something pretty fundamental started to change for me as these words inside me were coming forward. And it was like a gnawing, you know, a gnawing at my mind, the subconscious coming to the conscious where now all of a sudden I could hear this stuff. And this is what led me to take a break from alcohol. Kind of unheard of, you know. I didn't know anybody else who was doing that, and I you know, certainly didn't know any brokers who was doing it in the city. Not anyone who wanted to keep their job, anyway. And really, the meditation led on to everything else, the creation of one year, no beer, the, the total transformation of my life. Um, I started building up my practice of meditation. You know, it was just that that ten minutes on the train in the beginning, but as I found I practiced more and more, and of course I was terrible in the beginning, you know, just 100% distraction. Be like one eye open, one eye closed, waiting for something to happen. What's going on here? And so much judgment. God, my head, it's just so busy. How can I possibly do this? I'm never going to get this. You know, and and so much self-criticism as well in there. I'm rubbish at this. I'm never going to get it. But then I just stuck at it. And I think... We'll talk about that in a second. But that's really the secret here. The secret is that imagine you've just been sat lying about your entire life. You've barely moved. You don't walk. You don't go anywhere. Imagine how atrophied your muscles would be. You'd be all bone. Now imagine we're like, well, we want to get you deadlifting. And you wouldn't just go there and expect to be able to deadlift, you know, 100 kilos on the get-go. You'd be like, well, I haven't done any exercise. I need to go and train this muscle over time. I need to go to the gym and slowly but surely just build up that muscle. And I think that's exactly like this meditation journey. In the beginning, of course, you're going to be distracted. Your brain has run amok inside your head your whole life. It has ruled the roost. It's the king. Just noise, 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 noise. Self-doubt, self-criticism, judgmental, a constant rhetoric, a constant narrator inside your head, making judgments and assumptions and self-criticisms about everything you do or say or all those around you. And now you just want to shut it up? (laughs) Yeah, nice try. That's not going to happen. And that's why it's this idea of just gently training it over time. And the great thing about meditation is, this gentle training, it just involves one thing, putting some headphones on and pressing play. And forget about whether you're distracted, forget about whether the noise is buzzing around in your head anymore, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you didn't listen to a single word of the meditation, right? That happens to me many times, I'm like, oh, it's over, I didn't listen to any of that. I was thinking intently about what happened at work today. It's just practising. It's just showing up. And when you go in with that simplicity of that, say, okay, perhaps this thing could change my life. And we're going to talk about that in a second. The science, the benefits, why to meditate. I absolutely guarantee you this will change your life. I guarantee you. Especially if you're somebody who says, I don't think I can, I've tried it before, it didn't work. Or I just don't think meditation is for me, my head is too busy. Absolutely, you. You're at the top of my list. I'm list- I'm pointing at you right now. I guarantee you, if you do this one thing, it will change your life. And I, I, call me in six months. Ping me. Send me an email. Say you're a liar. Nothing changed. It won't be true, right? So, the thing about it is, is just get into that mode of practicing. You know, I'm trying to learn something really complicated. Let's say you're trying to learn Mandarin, right? Would you go to that class of Mandarin and expect yourself to be fluent after the first class? No, you wouldn't. You would have total understanding and compassion for the the fact that you've got two words out of the whole class. And even when you go back next week, you'll be like, I can't actually remember anything from the first week. Well, that's normal. (laughs) That's the way we learn. And that's the same level of compassion and understanding we need when we're trying to take on this really interesting learning curve of meditation. Okay, so we've harped on enough about the compassion you need. And now I really want to get you bought into the idea of how life-changing this can be for you. So, some of the science behind this meditation is really, really interesting. And I would urge you to take a look at it. Of course, on the top, we've got things like reduces stress. When we get stressed, our levels of cortisol increase, which produces many of the harmful effects of stress like disrupted sleep and depression, increasing inflammation in the body. So when you meditate, you are reducing that inflammation. There's some really interesting stuff I've been looking at recently about how alcohol actually dulls out the prefrontal cortex and over time shrinks the prefrontal cortex. This is the frontal area of your brain which helps you make rational decisions. In fact, uh, something that's very interesting is that coffee and alcohol are a very potent mix. You see, coffee stimulates the sympathetic nervous system. It increases cortisol in your body. It effectively gets you into fight or flight. And we enjoy that in the morning because we move from sleep and tired into, right, let's take action. And that higher level of cortisol stimulating the, parasy- uh, sorry, the sympathetic nervous system means that you are ready and ready to take action in a fight or flight mode. Now, interestingly, alcohol at the very first, you know, the first couple of units actually just dulls that off slightly it eases off and turns on the parasympathetic mode very slightly but only for the first bit because shortly afterwards alcohol then increases cortisol levels increasing your sympathetic nervous system and into your fight-or-flight mode but most importantly it dulls out your prefrontal cortex and that is the area of the brain that you use to make rational decisions okay so Coffee and alcohol effectively puts you in the mood for a fight and nulls out your decision-making or makes your decision-make poor. So that's why we see that all the time. I mean, imagine how we all used to go out and take vodka Red Bulls. What a terrible mix. I'm making poorer and poorer decisions, and I'm taking action quicker and quicker. That's effectively what that is doing. Now, what's been proven with meditation Is that not only does it build this gap between stimulus and response? So, not only are we reducing cortisol levels, we're uh, we're, reducing—you know—we're—we're getting out of that sympathetic um, nervous system and heading towards parasympathetic. We've seen this on some of the devices that we've been using around heart rate variability to show people during a meditation session during the day how they move from total stress into the parasympathetic mode, getting rest and recovery during the day. And it far, it diminishes considerably the likelihood that you're going to reach to numb out later because you've managed your stress levels. Breathing, meditation, going for a walk, kindness, compassion, interjected through your day will help you deal with your relationship with alcohol in the evening and reduce down those stress levels. So... um, we, we talked about this prefrontal cortex uh, or the decision-making. Oh, yes, the gap between stimulus and response. So meditation over time builds a gap between stimulus and response. And the stimulus can be somebody cutting you off in the road or somebody out shouting at you or a kid whining. And when there's no gap and you're drinking alcohol readily and you've had coffee, which puts you in fight or flight, there is no space for your prefrontal cortex to make an intelligent decision. Your brain will not operate that way. You've put the chemicals into your brain that stop it from acting that way. So how can you become? How can you react compassionately and kindly and gently without anger? You can't. It's an automatic response. And this is some of the fascinating things we see in neuroscience, where we're so hard on ourselves about who we are being and yet we don't understand the truth of the substances and the things that we're putting in our body that are literally creating that behavior in us. This is one of the reasons why I took a break from coffee. I wanted to see the truth just like alcohol. I wanted to see the truth how it impacted me. Now I know I I enjoy going into that fight or flight mode. Well, I obviously don't call it that, but I enjoy getting ready for action in the morning. I have a lot of work to do. I just want to get it done in the morning first thing. So equally to, to counteract that, I know that I'm going to be sharper, snappier. So as an example, the time that you're tired, sleep deprived, um, and, and, and really stressed out, so your cortisol level is really high, you're already very much in the sympathetic nervous system. Is that when you add coffee? No. <laughs> but it's the one time we reach for it, exacerbating the situation. So, Going into a bit of deep stuff there, but hopefully you understand now, we're going to, by practicing meditation, you're going to build out that gap, okay? You're going to give yourself the opportunity to intuitively and intelligently make decisions instead of snapping and it being completely out of your control in this subconscious way. It helps control anxiety or reduce anxiety. Meditation has been proven to promote emotional health, better understanding of emotions certainly the the um, meditations that i've been recording today it's really powerful because you're sensing your body for where those emotions are right this is one of the really big things about removing alcohol is that suddenly you feel these emotions and we've been packing them down our whole life and how do you deal with those and meditation is an amazing tool for helping you to start to feel them to express them to allow them to come out this is you changing shifting as a human being No longer do you want to be somebody who just packs down the pain in your life and try and hope one day that it will disappear. No, because it rots like toxins in your body, right? Every time you pack down that emotion, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. It's going to come back and eat you away. And why do you want to live a life like that? We don't. Learning to process these emotions is what will set you free. And meditation is a very powerful tool in helping you to do that. Of course, it increases self-awareness. Um, meditation has been proven to improve, uh, proven to improve concentration and focus. So great for somebody like me with ADHD head. I need to meditate. And in fact, I say that meditation is my medicine. I actually say to myself that I'm sick, right? I don't go around telling people I'm sick, that's not what I mean, but if I think about it from that perspective, that I must take my medication, and my medication is meditation, yoga, exercise, if I don't do those things, my life will fall off a cliff. I will go into self-destruct mode. The big fuck you button just comes out. Boom! I'm gonna press that bad boy. Well, I can, I can see that now. I can head it off at the pass. It's not a subconscious thing. It's a conscious thing. And why would I consciously choose to go and destroy my life? That's not who I am anymore. Um, meditation has been proven to slow aging. Interestingly, in, in, in research, they showed that, that it gave an increased attention up to five years after regularly practicing Mindfulness. Of course, long-term meditation increases resilience to stress. We need that today. The world is so stressful. Increased in compassion. We all need more of that to feel more connected. Yes, so hugely improving mental health, improving relationships, your family relationships. And then, of course, there's lots of physical uh, benefits, you know, reduction in heart disease and lots of things like that. So that's all the benefits of meditation. Not all of them. There are many, many, many more I absolutely promise you that if you practice meditation regularly, it will have a massive impact on your life. It will probably change your life. And the thing is, just go for it. Be compassionate. Practice it each day. Set yourself up for success. Right beside the bed, the headphones. Swing your legs out. Press play as soon as you wake on something powerful know what you're going to listen to go straight for a body scan if you get decision fatigue like i do like as soon as i walk into the candy store with 500 options i'm overwhelmed right put one candy in the store i'm it's all fine i go in i pick it i go out so i need that kind of structure so i know exactly what meditation i'm going for i have it laid out the night before i'm ready to go ready to go there's going to be no distractions or decision fatigue to get in the way Okay, I'm going to get on to the meditation now. I would love to hear your thoughts about meditation. Um, one of the things, again, this is such a huge part of what OAMB does. Um, it's such a huge part of you changing your relationship with alcohol. The truth is, and you, I know you know this, that there is no point in coming to take a break from alcohol if you're not going to change your relationship with it we want to fundamentally change what's going on and it's unique to everybody right your relationship with alcohol is wrapped up in your belief systems your way of dealing emotions and triggers your relationships your identity your status in society your relationship is your relationship with alcohol is really entwined in so many things And so for you to make fundamental changes such that you can get to a place where you can take it or leave it or just be completely alcohol free and love that, you're going to have to deal with these things. You're going to have to understand how to regulate your emotions without needing to numb out. Otherwise, you'll swap this for something else. It'll go from alcohol to sugar or alcohol to pornography or or social media there are so many easy other addictions. Alcohol to work. Maybe you're already a work addict. It's like the most socially accepted addiction. <laughs> it's just work addiction, phone addictions. So it's we don't want to be in that space. Uh, we want to be able to understand ourselves, heal from these things, move past. I'm just going to mention one more thing about myself. And that is that, you know, When I grew up, all the way through my life, I was ADHD, I couldn't sit still, ever, and my mum would say to you, it's absolutely impossible for Ruri to sit still. And yet, here I was, sitting still for 10 minutes, easily, and as I built it up over time, I got myself to 45 minutes, completely unguided, meditating. Now I've done much longer than that, I've done two and a half hours, two and a half hours sitting, meditating. God, it was so amazing. It was just such an incredible journey. And of course, that's built up over a long, long time. Been meditating for years to be able to go and put myself into a state where I can sit cross-legged for two and a half hours. It took me another half an hour before I could walk again. Um, but the insights, the depth of, of insight was huge. I have discovered major traumatic experiences that I had completely forgotten about that, that I buried deep, deep, deep inside my psyche. I've discovered them through meditation. Not the counseling I did since I was six years old, not the coaching, not any of those things. It was through meditation, right? I started building up my meditation practice and then I started to get pain in my chest. So I googled it. What's this pain in my chest? And I, oh, oh, that's interesting. You could be having a release. All right. Okay. So I'll go into the pain. So now I started extending the meditation, going into the pain. And what did I discover? I started crying, weeping during meditation. This uncontrollable weeping of release. And I kept. Oh, said, so, okay, keep meditating, keep going to it. And shortly afterwards, I would literally press play on a meditation and I'd be brought to tears I was like gosh where's this going I'm just this this pain in my chest and it was like a burning pain in my chest and that's suddenly when I had a discovery much later I I discovered this very traumatic experience at six years old that that later I discovered I'd just had PTSD from which gave me these recurring nightmares that I never understood and you know counseling about nobody really understood what they were and I rediscovered this probably two years ago I rediscovered this through meditation okay I've gone very deep there um, and I, you know I'm not saying that's going to be the experience for you but I just wanted to demonstrate that this is such a powerful tool that's something that you can so simply do and I absolutely promise you will have a major, major change in your life. You're going to realize that you're putting up with so many things, that you're accepting some stuff going on in your life, which you shouldn't be doing. And that's not right for you. And actually that when you make shifts with those things, those relationships, those, those environments you put yourself into, those things that you're putting in your body or your system, when you make those changes, life is going to transform. So, and it starts with this. It really starts with this meditation. As you can see, I'm pretty passionate about this subject. Um, I'm pretty passionate about a lot of things, but I feel grateful to meditation because all of the change in my life came from meditation. Um, and something more than that, I still know that all of my truth is in there. Um, and I haven't I haven't found it yet. I haven't got to the place that I want to get to. Um, will I ever? Will we ever? I don't know. Um, But I know that meditation will play a very important role in getting there. Okay, I think that's enough from me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And now I'm going to go into one of our meditations. You can come back to this later if it helps. This is at 25 minutes, (laughs) roughly, uh, right now. Um, And you can skip back to here um, to listen to find yourself somewhere quiet where you can sit down and just enjoy this meditation. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can ping me on Facebook Messenger or you can shoot an email to the team info one year no I'm always in there and they, and they tag me so I'll always respond to you. Um, let me know about your own meditation journey. Okay, you are awesome. Enjoy this meditation. Self-compassion pause. Settle your body into a comfortable seated position, elongating your spine
1: and letting your shoulders and arms rest comfortably.
2: Rest your hands on your thighs or in your lap. Take a moment to connect with the surface beneath you, to help yourself ground into this practice.
1: Feel the support of the chair or floor holding you
2: and what that feels like against your body. Once you feel grounded,
1: turn your attention towards your breath and take a few cleansing
2: breaths. Continue to breathe naturally and then take a moment to connect with your heart. You can place your palm resting over it. Feel that connection with your heart. As you
1: breathe, feel your hand rise and fall as your chest expands and contracts.
2: Feel the warmth. Feel the love. Feel the care. You can bring a loving, tender presence to this part of yourself, as if you were sending care through the palm of your hand. Compassion. Kindness. Self acceptance. Whatever you're going through in this moment, know that your experience is entirely human. Every emotion, every experience. Everything we go through is part of our humanity. That includes any issues you have with alcohol and your journey to change your relationship with it. Take a moment to honor this human experience with care, warmth and curiosity. Now imagine
1: that someone you love is going through what you're going through right now. Whatever you're struggling with in your life,
2: think about someone you love going through something very similar. With this in mind, What words of support, love, care, would you offer them? How would you show your compassion? Can you guess where we're going with this? Exactly. Now offer those words of support, love and care to yourself in this moment. If you find this challenging, or you're struggling for the right
0: words,
1: you can repeat these loving kindness statements.
2: May I be patient, compassionate with myself. Feel it. May I speak to myself. With kindness, feel it. May I
1: honor my experience as being fundamentally human.
2: Feel that acceptance. May I love myself unconditionally. Feel that love. Feel that love. Feel that love. Right now, this is really all you ever need, all you want, all you desire. Is love and most importantly, love for yourself. It's okay to say it. I love myself. Feel it. I love myself. I love myself. Spend just a few more moments here. Offer yourself any other words of support you may need to hear right now. When you're ready, come back to the natural flow of your breath. and now reconnect with the seat or surface beneath you. In your own time, slowly open your eyes.
1: I hope you can carry this amazing self-compassion and love with you throughout your day.